This Must Be Fate, Episode 28. Welcome back to the Rena Hundred Show. Um, today we're going to divert a bit from our usual programming because I'm feeling particularly uninspired. That means I'm going to reach back into my arsenal and find a random Google Doc with a random part of a book I never finished writing. Uh, and not the same book as last time. And also I wrote must, much less of this. I think, well, I'm not going to give you any impression. I'm just going to read it as it is. I also haven't reread it yet, so I'm curious to see what's in here. Uh, so here we go. Sylvia really got into it that night. I can't solve the world's problems with money. I can't solve greed. I can't solve hate. Ideas are solved by other ideas, and I'm not creative. I'm just really, really fucking rich. I'm a spoiled little nobody who does nothing, but I could buy and sell you with one blink of an eye. She sneezed with a light squeal. Ugh, I wouldn't even be telling you this if we weren't stuck. But let's not talk about what's happening right now. It's such a downer now. Sylvia lit a cigarette with a... With a much ex with as much exaggerated irony as she could muster. Have we met? asked the old man. I'm the only child of an eccentric billionaire, she snorted. I don't even know if I actually have a mother. That part is complicated. But basically, if you have an eccentric billionaire father, you really don't know if you are cooked up in a lab or made the old-fashioned way. And your eccentric billionaire father prefers to remain mysterious on the subject, and it's very difficult to argue with an eccentric billionaire who would rather remain mysterious. Sylvia was my cousin, but I didn't bother joining in on the familial descriptions. The old man in the corner was staring at her with eyes like a rabid canary. Under the smoke of his pipe, I thought I caught sight of a single yellow shooting star. Sylvia continued to gloat about the evening's winnings, and I rolled my eyes upwards, breathing in the soft, pungent wafts of 2 a.m. city air. The doctor had informed me that very morning my, that my erstwhile presumed incurable tumor was now entirely cured, providing I never have an unexpected relapse. This was a recipe for joy. I knew better, however, than to share any of this cheerful news with my two companions. It would have stirred their emotional level higher than I was willing to tolerate at the moment. We were, after all, locked in the backyard of the party we had attended that evening. If only I could fly, I thought. The walls were high and there was nothing to climb. We were surrounded by concrete and brick and the do doors were bolted. We'd been forgotten. It's funny because you often think of yourself as a person of importance, but then you find yourself locked out in the yard and forgotten. Sylvia continued blathering on about how she was the best-dressed female that night, or rather she strategically meandered her sentences to point towards that flattering theory. She looked like a sad clown. Her mascara had fallen lightly under her eyes. Her gaze was dreamy. She was describing the sequent dress she had wanted to wear, but couldn't get delivered from Spain in time. <laughs> Then she got a sad look in her eye. Tell me, she said, eyeing me, have you ever been in love? I was aggravated at the personal nature of the question, so I replied simply, no. Oh, she seemed upset 
that she wouldn't have someone to commiserate with, but it didn't deter her chatter. I'm in love with Charles Barber, she groaned. The old man perked up at this. Oh, you know him? she asked the old man. I've heard his name before. Is he the the only son of? Yes. Goodness, high rank, isn't it? Well, yes, but he's also very handsome and charming. She took out another smoke, and the old man unsheathed his zippo for her to utilize. <laughs> Thank you, she purred, enjoying the gesture. I just can't seem to stop chain-smoking. I suppose it's the feeling of being trapped. I couldn't agree more. He took another puff of his pipe. I stayed in the background, trying to attract as little attention as one could in that situation. How did you meet Mr. Barrer? inquired the old man. Well, we were both vacationing in the Grecian Islands last spring. Last spring. So you've known him a while then. The old man seemed to marvel at this. Yes, at first I thought maybe he was just another handsome young tourist, but then I noticed the way his nose curled up so similarly to, well, so you know his father too. Yes, I most certainly do. He's an old college buddy of my father's. She shuddered almost imperceptibly. Well, let me tell you, the old man exhaled, eyes sparkling as though he'd been waiting patiently for this precise moment. His father is not quite the gentleman he imitates. Excuse me, what do you mean exactly? Sylvia's face contorted slightly as though she were sniffing something rotten. Catching a glimpse of her defensive nature, the old man changed his mind. But Sylvia's curiosity had been piqued. She wouldn't let it slide. Well, now I don't have any definitive proof, he stated. I was too hasty in making the statement, and I'd really rather not say now that I've thought better of it. Fine, let me just ask you this then, Sylvia's eyes twitch. Does it involve soccer? I'm really not sure. I know it may have involved a sport, but I'm not so certain it was soccer. Finally, my aggravation with their voices got the better of me, and I piped in, What is this, 20 questions? She was undeterred by my snap. Getting a little cranky, aren't we? Getting a little nosy, aren't you? I retorted. When I saw her facial expression, I knew that insulting her that right then had been a mistake. Sometimes spoiled women don't take criticism well. Even her freckles looked menacing. You don't know what you're digging into, little cousin. I have claws that extend way into your personal private affairs. Don't fuck with me. And she gave me the look to prove it. I shrugged and took out a cigarette of my own. What else was there to do? Let's say she did have her little nails dug into my heart. I'd rather not expose the gooey details to Mr. Random Pipe Smoker in the corner. She continued the interrogation. You have to tell me. You can trust me. I'm not the type to go blathering around to everyone. I don't gossip, but I need to know what you know. The old man paused and took a drag of his pipe. He seemed effortlessly stagnant, as though he were levitating. This infuriated Sylvia. She couldn't stand his degree of lightness. She wasn't used to people not taking her seriously. Look at me. This is important. If you don't tell me, I'll die. I'll die. Dead. And you will be racked with guilt. The old man giggled, but his face still looked troubled. Troubled. <laughs> his brow furrowed, and he said, All right, but you didn't hear this from me. This feels wrong. He giggled again and unfurrowed his brow. I heard it from Patricia. 
Which Patricia Mortis or Manningsworth? She chirped. Manningsworth. He locked eyes with Sylvia to make sure he was being understood. You didn't hear this from me, and again, I have no proof whatsoever, but I heard from Ms. Manningsworth that he was the coach of some team of children, and that, well, he, well, there's no polite way of saying this, but that he acted, but that he liked the kids a bit too much. Sylvia exploded. Patricia has no idea what she's talking about. I knew this was what you were going to say. I knew. And that's why I made you say it. People have been spreading rumors like viruses. He is a good man. He coached my soccer team when I was 10 years old. And never, none of that happened. I felt the need to cut in at this point. Sylvia calmed down. Rage boiled up in her face. Why are you trying to shut me up? Maybe someone will hear me. You hear me? Maybe someone will hear me and we can all sleep in our own fucking beds she started to cry the old man was wildly surprised by her reaction i wasn't sylvia never surprised me anymore the old man approached why are you so upset you're pretty thick-headed old man she retorted but that's okay it's preferable does anybody have any muscle relaxants she flopped her body down in the muddy grass goodbye backup dress oops i guess i did the old man and I looked at each other, slightly bewildered, slightly annoyed. We were silently debating whether I or he would lift her up off the ground. Never mind, I'll get up myself, she sniffed as she awkwardly rose to her feet. Either of you have any vodka? That's all I can drink now. It's locale. She gave us an ironic wink, as though the whole ordeal had been planned for that exact moment of promotion. Although attached from the situation, I still felt the need to interject some kind of advice. I don't know if drinking anymore is the best idea. Listen, I'm about to lose it, so somebody better give me some kind of something. Actually, I think I can help you there, the old man answered. I was carrying a secret flask tonight. He handed it to her, waiting worriedly like a mother. I supposed he felt guilty for causing her outburst. Yes, she purred. That's more like it, old friends. That's jolly more like it. She erupted into manic laughter. Four score and seven years ago, I was a virginal child. Four score and seven years ago, later, I'm a big fucking lie. The old man tried to calm her down. Maybe a nap would be a good idea right now. You look tired. You're shaken up. I'm not half as shaken up as I will be if you try to put my mouth at rest one more time. She barked. Listen, I whispered to the old man, I think we should just wait. She'll tire herself out at this rate. The old man gave a small look of relief before his eyes glazed over, as though he were waiting in line at the grocery store. It wasn't, it wasn't wrong, you know, she continued. It was beautiful. It was love. But I was too young to appreciate it. I was too young. It's my fault. Besides, I was so silly then. The moon dripped cool hues that made her freckles shine. I'm not crying, she insisted. It's a damned alcohol, fuckos. Where am I? How can we still be stuck here? I'm so miserable. With that utterance, she melted completely into the mud at her feet. The old man still had on his thousand-yard stare. She was about to take another sip of the flask when the door to the garden burst open and a couple, half-dressed and clawing passionately at each other, spun into view. The door locked again behind them. Go figure. After a couple of lip-smacking sounds and gropes, they realized gropes, they realized they were not alone. Sylvia was a, still in a, still a puddle of broken dreams. 
She came to slowly, and as her eyes focused, they became wider and wider like big round buttons. Charles? The name oozed out of her mouth like a toxic gas. Sylvia! <laughs> he buttoned his trousers. What a pleasant surprise. Barely standing, Sylvia spat, Someone better have some Valium, otherwise Mommy might get a black eye. I assume she was talking about the flailing blonde who was trying to keep her balance while in a desperate attempt to re-hook her bra. Sylvia was in no shape to give anyone a black eye. I doubted, she, I doubted she could successfully target someone else's face, let alone particular aspects of anatomy. This time, I was proven wrong. Sylvia aimed and hit. The blonde fell backwards and collapsed into the mud. Sylvia stared her down, lit a cigarette, and blew the smoke right over her face. The cl Excuse me. The cloud glided around the pale woman's forehead like a halo. Poor stupid bitch. You must not know any better. The old man and I were silently wishing ourselves out of this situation. I loved the concept of privacy more in that moment than ever before. But before the spell broke, Charles recognized me. Sarah. I hid my face in an attempt to thwart any familiarities, but it was too late. Hello, Charles. Nice to see you. Sylvia was floored. You two know each other? Not very well, I piped in. I didn't know you I didn't know you were out of the hospital, said Charles. Despite my secret enjoyment of his concern, I could have slapped him for being so obtusely chummy. I didn't want to be dragged into a sticky gossip's nest. Well, I am. Blushing, I withdrew my diagnosis from my purse, but before I could report my erstwhile withheld personal headline, headline Sylvia butted in, Chuck, you suck. I hate you. Fuck you. Charles seemed embarrassed. I was embarrassed for him. But there was another feeling, like he and I were on another plane of consciousness together, floating, coasting on metaphysical wings, Yes, I was having a Led Zeppelin moment, but keep in mind, I'd been up since 7 that morning, and it was 5 a.m. And that's all I have there. There's also there's this little epilogue that I think could have gone somewhere, but um, it just says, there's like a few stars on the page, and then it says, We took a poll of everyone around the table. Diddy and Stanford thought the red leather gloves were hideous, but the rest of us were convinced that they were haute couture extraordinaire. And that's the only... I think I was writing in a Gossip Girl style. That's the impression that I'm getting here. Um, but anyway, that's all I ever wrote of that. That's the only thing I've ever written in that style. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I hope you had a great week. Um, this wasn't an introspective one, but I just wanted to put something out there because I am just wanted to keep it going, babies. Um, and if you like the podcast, please, if you have the time review it and like it on apple podcasts and just keep trekking out there you know <laughs> just keep going you're doing great <laughs>